The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We're joined by uh, Connor Pope, uh, Consumer Affairs Editor at the Irish Times and Anna Daly TV presenter to look back at the stories of the week and to look ahead to what is likely to be making the news next week. And I don't think we can talk about uh, the issues making the news without starting with energy because not only, Anna, have we an energy crisis, we're now running out of firewood as well as everything else. We are indeed, yeah. Charlie Weston has the the front page of the Indo. Pull that mic over to you there, Anna, if you would. Sorry. Have you got me? Yeah. Uh, Charlie Weston has the front page of the Indo uh, talking about uh, four suppliers putting up their prices from tomorrow. A frightening outlook. But then we have an interesting one. Uh, it's Ralph Regal in the Indo uh, doing an interview with a guy called Porig Egan of Axe Forestry in County Roscommon. And he's telling us basically he has never seen anything like the demand for logs, for wood. It's driven by fear is what he says. And... Uh, the, the article goes on to say, with oil, gas, electricity and coal prices soaring, thousands of Irish householders have turned to firewood as a guaranteed heating source. So there's going to be quotas on pallets. So if you're thinking about it, you will only be able to buy a certain amount of it. Um, he gives an example of the prices. A jumbo bag of softwood now retails for 70 euro, which is 30 euro more than it sold for just three years ago. So this is a huge trend. They are absolutely out the door with it all over the country. Well, it's funny, for the I, I am not somebody, you know whenever you hear the thing of how much is the price spread? I have no idea. I just, I'm not a receipt checker. I know that makes me a bad person. But I came out of buying, you know, they do the, the logs for, five logs for X amount of money. I came out of buying and looked at the receipt and thought, no, they must have double charged me and went back in last weekend. They said, nope, that's what that's it now the price. costs. Mother of divine. It's not likely to get better anytime soon, Connor. No, it's probably going to get a whole lot worse and that's the depressing reality for all your listeners. But I mean, I suppose that the, the thing is the story in the Indo, I mean, there's no, there's, no, there's no surprise there. We knew those price hikes were coming down the tracks um, and that's why the government had to act earlier this week when they introduced that 600 euros worth of energy credits. Now, the 600 euros worth of energy credits are absolutely welcome, of course, but when you think that most of our energy prices are going to go up, are, when, you, when you compare the prices now with the prices uh, maybe in the middle of 2020 or the end of 2020, you're looking at we're all worse off by around 2,000 to 200, 2,500 euros. So that kind of puts the price of the wood in the halfpenny place, really, when you think about it. Now, uh, is that worse off just in energy regardless just, of inflation? No, just in energy. That's how much energy prices have gone up over the last 18 months. And bear in mind that figure is a net figure, so you'll have to earn €4,000 to cover that cost. And because of all of the different things that are driving energy prices higher, like initially it was a surge in demand in the post-COVID times, and then it was obviously Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Like The the, the invasion of Ukraine is not going away. In fact, we, we saw earlier this week with those suspicious, mysterious explosions on the Nord Stream pipeline in the Baltic Sea, that... If anything, the energy crisis is likely to get worse. And I suppose that's what's driving the, the demand for wood. Although I would, I would caution people, like there's no point in stocking up. There's no point in buying loads of wood now to, to, to guarantee supply. Because I think that the, the talk of, of blackouts and you know, supply, uh, you know, problems with the national grid, touch wood and all that, like, it's not like we're going to have no energy in the winter months ahead. Well, is there a possibility there will be points where we will have no energy? Well, like, I don't know about you, Anton, but I remember the 1970s and 1980s and like, sure, blackouts were like, to, they, they happened almost every week <laughs> and they were crack. Like, you know, good crack. Now, this is as crack. Now, this was as a child when I didn't have to run around the house scrambling to find candles or cook dinner or, or anything else and we had no telly to watch anyway because it was the 1980s and I lived in Galway and there was no television to watch. So and was, you were barefoot and bread and dripping. I was Angela's ashes. I was Angela's ashes incarnate. But the house um, was full of 
exactly. They didn't care about us. They were just like, they were just left to our own devices. Do whatever you want, children. We're going to find the candles. I know, though, as we are talking about this, there will be texts coming in saying, oh, but hang on. If we end up in that kind of situation, what that means is, yes, there will be people who go to a bit of crack and light candles. There will be people who can't afford to heat the home during well, that this period. Is and the that's 100%, where it gets serious. And it is very serious. And like, I'm not making light of that at all, because there are going to be people who are living through energy poverty over yeah. the next several months. And the, the idea that in 21st century Ireland, you'd have people who couldn't afford to turn on the heat or who had to take to the bed because they couldn't afford to keep themselves warm. That's a terrible, terrible uh, scenario and unfortunately it is the reality that we're facing and we saw a thing during the weekend where there was a uh, one pub now doing a deal of 20% off on food on Tuesdays effectively if you bring your coat because they're not turning on the because heating because they're not turning on the heating and others being kind of shamed for turning on their heating or having heaters you know in the outdoor area or whatever the garden area of their of their beer garden um, but we've the media have done a great job of giving us all of the powerful case studies of the pubs and the hospitality industry around the country and how their bills have gone up. And I've the greatest of sympathy for all of those businesses. But we have to think about the householders and the pensioners who are looking at, you know, all told €1,200 extra on their energy bills across a year. I mean, there can't be that many households who are, you know, ready to suck up an extra €1,200. It's huge. Uh, But I assume, given that the budget is now gone, there are, it's, there's nothing further left in the press that the government can whip out between now and March. Well, or I mean, is there? Well, well, I mean, the 600 euros in credit is a big step. But I think it's also important that people do have a, a, a degree of power over what happens next. Because, you know, and I've said it a million times in the past, there is still value to be found by changing from energy provider A to energy provider B. And is still, there? Around, yeah, no, not as much as it was. Like when I, I switched provider in March and I managed to knock 40% off my annual bills simply by moving from one company to another company. Same electricity, same gas. 40, 40 percent So that was over over 1,000 euros. Uh, the same, I, I looked yesterday and I, I did the same price comparison, giving in exactly the same data that I, I submitted in March. And the savings were much closer to around 20%. So Still a big chunk. It's a big chunk. Um, but there's other things that we can do. And I know that poor old Damon Ryan was pilloried for suggesting that people have shorter showers. But the reality is that if you have a shower that lasts eight minutes as opposed to 10 minutes, you'd save yourself 51 quid a year. And if you do... All of these slow or incremental steps when it comes to your own energy usage, you're going to knock around 10, 20 percent off the cost of your annual energy. And when you think that your annual annual energy bill now might be four grand, if you can take 10 percent or 20 percent off that and you can save another 10 or 20 percent by moving from company A to company B, you could save yourself a grand. Now, an awful lot of people, as Anna said, the people who are already deep into energy poverty, they've no wiggle room left. So uh, that's the thing. And uh, by the way, I think we do need to focus our attention on people like that. And whilst the energy credit of 200 euros that I'm going to get before Christmas is welcome, I could probably do without it. Um, and no, no, like not probably. I could definitely do without it. Not like I'm loaded, but I don't need, I, I could get by. There's yeah. somebody else who probably needed that money better. And I understand why the government didn't means test it because that just takes so much time. True, but it's always the issue with universality. You exactly, end up exactly. Using same, same with the, ch- same with the children's ben- child benefit. The big problem, of course, is that it is unlikely to get any better as long as the conflict continues in Ukraine, at least in the short term anyway. And that conflict doesn't look like it's easing at all. Front page of your paper, the Irish Times, Kiev and the West denouncing Russia's annexation of Ukrainian regions. This is during the week, the sham referendums followed by an annexation of large chunks of Ukrainian territory. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird to think that the conflict has actually got more terrifying in the last 48 hours than it was in, in, in times before that. And if people look at the, fr- at the front page picture in the Irish Times today, it's a picture that I think is destined for the history books because it just, it, it, it encapsulates 
something terrible that's happening within Russia and within those regions. So with the annexation of the four different uh, states, that means that now Russia can have this nonsensical excuse to ratchet up its response to the conflict. So it's annexed these four states. Some, it doesn't even have possession of large chunks of them. And they are all clearly part of Ukraine. So it's, it's a question like Putin is, is making more and more steps towards a much larger conflict. Oh, and, and I think that's of the highest order. And this I think that's now Russian Federation territory. Exactly. And so now if anything, if it, like, that's really, and I think people need to be very, very alarmed. And I think one of the, the, the most upsetting things about it is that th- th- there's nothing we can do. There's nothing you or I or Anna or anybody in this country can really do about this. We just have to kind of sit here and watch this terrible, terrible situation unfold. While we're sitting watching terrible situations unfold, uh, Anna Daly, as a professional broadcaster, <laughs> you, you would, in, over the years, <clears throat> have dealt with a number of political figures and you would, there would be an expectation of, I would have thought, base level of competence from many of them. Liz Truss's performance on local BBC radio and broader independent radio across UK this week, what did you think? See, it's it's interesting that you say local radio because, you know, as the pound is crashing and pension plans are going up in smoke and the economy is absolutely shot in the UK, she said absolutely nothing for days on end. And then she obviously got her script together and decided, I will do a few interviews, but they were kind of like local regional interviews. So starting small and careful. Well, here, here's, here's, a, yeah, here's a clip of how it went with the small and careful. Good morning, Prime Minister. Good morning. Good how morning. are you? How are you doing? Have you slept well? I I have. Thank you very much. Good. It's great to be here on Radio, Radio Leeds. Where have you been? No one can deny you enter Downing Street with a difficult job on your hands, but you've made the situation worse so far, haven't you? Well, let's remember the situation we were facing when I entered Downing Street. Time is short, so I'm going to just blaze on into the questions. Lots from my listeners this morning. Carrie in Birchington says, what on earth were you thinking? The country was already in a state of recession. Another says, how can we ever trust the Conservatives with our economy again? And Lydia says, are you ashamed of what you've done, are you? I think we have to remember what situation this country was facing. Yeah, but pr- Prime Minister, with project, respect, that so is we the same scripted answer you've given going. to every so BBC local radio station this, <laughs> this morning. This goes on and on and on along those lines. Um, Anna Daly, what were they thinking subjecting their own Prime Minister? I mean, the advisors and handlers, what are they thinking doing this? Oh, it's just, I mean, I could listen to that, uh, the rest of it. It's just, it's so brilliantly cringy, isn't it? Um, she was unprepared. It's the long, awkward silences. It's the not knowing where you are. You know, it's like the rock band Good Evening London and they're in Birmingham. Like, it's all so bad, isn't it? Um how can you be so unprepared? You know, she's said nothing for days on end. She's the prime minister. She's surrounded by super smart people mm. who can, you know. Well, yeah. Yeah, let's, well, uh, let's not know, put t- okay, too much on there, that particular There's prospect. a lot of resources to hand. Now you're talking the there's prime resources minister. to hand. So where are those Shorter. brilliant answers? And, and, and the logic as well. And go to answers when you don't have the answer. But you also know. saying we will line you up so that every news, every interviewer will hear the interview you've just done on Bristol and they'll pick back up so you're effectively in a rolling rope-a-dope for yeah. an hour and a Very But the thing that really choice. struck me was how when she said well you have to remember the situation we inherited you inherited it from yourself because <laughs> you were in power We do have to wrap up that is uh, Connor Pope who is Consumer <laughs> Affairs uh, editor with the Irish Times and Anna Daly TV presenter The Anton Savage Show Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.